Yes, yes, it's episode 151 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff, obviously. How you doing? Are you well? Uh, I am at my mama crib on a Sunday in the... No, afternoon. It's the afternoon. I want to tell you a little secret. God already knows she missed church this morning. Heathen! She missed church this morning. Blames it on me. Says I was chucked off to her too much. Chatting away in the morning. So, yeah. Chatting away with her son. Um, just chatting about, you know, the election, the results of the election. Talking about favouritism of kids. Um, we were just saying about in families. We've got a family WhatsApp. Um, whether someone's a favourite or not. Whether someone has a favourite kid. And the, the, accusation, the accusation was put out that I was the favourite child of my mum's, to which I confirmed. <laughs> I agreed. No. Now, do what we concluded as a group is that, basically, it's about how useful or how useless your parents deem each child. So I think every child's loved equally, but there's some things that they deem the child, one kid useful at, another kid useless. So... They don't seem to they, they seem so from the outside it looks like one kid's the favourite. I'll give an example. So my mum has three kids, me as the youngest, my eldest brother, and my sister who's the middle one. Now, from the outside, I look like the favourite. Um But I don't know, I'm just useful in certain situations. My sister is the most useful though. She's the most useful, so she gets used by my mum. Like a drive to London, she'll call my sister to drive her to London. Because my sister's the most useful one. She would never call my brother because he doesn't drive. And she wouldn't call me because I just simply wouldn't come. <laughs> uh, therefore, it looks like that she's got favouritism over of, uh, of her sons than her daughter because she always makes her daughter drive. No, she just knows that she's the one who will actually drive if she asks. So it's that kind of thing. It's... Um, so it's, it's not even so much that my sister's useful, it's that me and my brother are utterly useless when it comes to that activity, so she's not going to ask us for it. That's all. So, like, the child that always gets food made for them, yes, it's like they seem like they're the favourite, but it's actually the parent going, if I don't make you food, I think you may actually die. So I'm going to make you some food. Because you're useless. That's what it is. The kid who gets... You know, like you get some siblings, one has always been given money by their parents, the other one isn't. Generally, it's not because one parent thinks, we just like that one more, we give them more money. It's because they think the other one, do you know what? They will be fine for life. They're smart, they've got their head screwed on, they're financially responsible, they don't need our help. This one, though, useless. It'll be homeless in two months if we don't give them some money. Or help them out. That's how it is. So he's talking about that. Talking about the election. Talking about, you know, who we voted for, why, and stuff. So, um, I'm not going to reveal who my mum voted for, who she didn't. Um, because that's our business. Because we, well, I think we're forgetting voting's confidential. You don't have to tell people. A lot of people are trying to get it out of me who I voted for because I was being very vocal. After the election. 
about voting. And just before before I voted. I was being very vocal about the election. And um, here's my thing, guys. You've got to vote for who you think's best. Um, I think there's two ways you can vote. You can vote for in your own personal interest and in the interest of the country. I think that's what you do. And I just genuinely believe that no one voted with any ill will. That's it. It's just fine though, before the election, everyone's like, you got to get out and vote. You have to vote. you got to get out and vote. Your vote counts. Your vote matters. And then the vote came in and Tories won. And all my Labour's point friends like, who are these fuckers who voted then? <laughs> They're the guys that you told to go out and vote. Oh, you thought because you told them to go out and vote, they'd vote the same as you. No, not all of them. Some of them would all, not all of them. So it's it's a crazy situation we're in now where um, it's just a kind of vitriol after the result. It's the telling people to go kill themselves. I saw one guy absolutely set fire to his own comedy night. He, he basically posted in the group, if you voted Tories, then don't come to my comedy night. You're not welcome. Then because of that, the pub that hosts his event was getting abuse on their Google page. They're like, uh, mate, what's going on? And then he's had to go, he's had like, like 12 hours ago, guys, you know what? It, that was an outburst, shouldn't have said it. But uh, the comedy night in the pub, we, we've now um, parted ways. So this guy absolutely torpedoed, kamikaze his own night because he got so upset about the election result. It's nuts. Um, still, after the election result, people still calling people who voted, like Labour supporters calling Tory supporters uh, racist, bigots, calling the ones up north thick, poor. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, oh, good luck when you try to claim your benefits. It's like, whoa, so where is all this solidarity and, and brotherhood before? You can see he's that sneering, you lot of poor, and you're, you're disgusting to me. So, but they, they weren't like that when they were going to vote the same way as you. So what's happened here? It's just, it, that's what this country is. And, and then the flip side, Tory supporters, um, some are gloating, like they, like they achieved something. I mean, like, like you did anything, like you weren't out campaigning. You're not a politician. Not even a campaigner, you're not an advocate, you just, you know what I mean, you just used a pencil that's provided for you, and you voted. You're acting like you wrote some of the policies. You're part of the PR team. No, you weren't. You're just a fan. What are you gloating about? I mean, your support didn't help. I know. It's just nuts, but... Even, I don't know, there's so many things to talk about the election, like whether the actual system works. Like, for example, so Kensington, where Grenfell Tower is, one, one of my uh, Facebook friends said they can't believe that Grenfell Tower supported, um, voted in a Tory MP. But this Tory MP won by 150 seats. 150! Actually, the Tory MP lost seats from the from 2017 election. As did the Labour MP lose seats in 2017 election. Guess who gained seats? Lib Dems. Lib Dem gained loads, like thousands of seats. 
So it explains that Labour didn't lose that to Tories, lost it to Lib Dems. So having such a gain, I feel like this should be like a reward for having such a gain. Like the SNP gained something like, something like weird, like half a million or a million more votes. And they've got like 48 more seats, something weird like that. And the Lib Dems gained like two million more votes. And then losing a seat. <laughs> like, like, I know, I, every system's going to have a flaw, but there's just something that seems a bit wrong about that. You mean like, um, I think like the Tory percentage of votes didn't actually go up anything from 2017, yet they gained like 56 seats. It's like, I know, the system's a bit, it's a bit weird. It's a bit weird, but you can't blame the Conservatives for that that's the system that also elected the Labour government as well so that's just what the system is so it's funny when you're in the losing team you start saying nah the system doesn't work blah 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 blah, blah. um ah Jesus who's that sorry you know when someone calls you your mum's phone you're not picking up you're not going to talk to an auntie or something Oh, Darren, what are you doing there? Picking up the phone. That's what I'm doing. Oh, he's, uh, how's, how's uni? I'm 31. Left uni almost nine years ago. Okay, um, yeah. Actually, last thing, people last thing they know I did was get married, so they ask about that. They're not that bad. But back to um election matter, you know, it's, it's just a divisiveness, just like... It, People didn't vote for your team. Then you start name-calling. And then people just assume they know why the other team voted for that team. And there's just no kind of learning process of... Let's understand why we all voted for who we voted for. And I said, for me, I don't think anyone's voting and going, Do you know what? I'm a massive racist. So I'm going <laughs> so to vote for this party. I'm going to vote for the Blues. I'm a big anti-Semite. I'm going to vote for the Reds. I mean, no one's doing that. I hate poor people. No, I think people voting for the things that benefit them the most. Is that selfish? Yes. But I said, there's only two ways you can vote. You can either vote in your best interest or in the country's best interest. Uh, At the other day, you just... I voted in my best interest. All right. Um, I'll tell you what I vote for because I don't care I voted Lib Dems now why because I just did that vote policies thing online I actually took generally took time took me 15 minutes to 20, 15 to 20 minutes to do I just went through the policies and basically it removes all the parties so I took away all the noise because I'll tell you what if I was going to vote I probably would have just voted Labour because I don't like Boris. That's what I was going to do. I was going to vote like that. I'm going to vote Labour because I don't like Boris. That was my emotional response to everything that was going on. I thought, oh, you know, Corbyn, he's, he's done all these smear campaigns and I think it's unfair. And I think, you know, maybe we just need to change and something different. And, you know, and I just didn't like the tactics the Tories were using in the sense of fake news campaigns and lies and... I mean, false false reports about the opposition party and all that kind of stuff. I didn't like it. I don't mind the underhand stuff where it's like, 
releasing your manifesto right at the end and having a slogan like get Brexit done. I kind of admire that kind of smart tactical marketing, that politicking. But the kind of borderline illegal stuff, no, I'm not a fan of that. So I was going to vote Labour purely because I don't like Boris and I didn't like how they went about things. But I thought, no, Darren, that's emotional. Um, let me do the policies thing. Oh my God, who is this? Oh, God. Do what? Let's see, let's see. Who's cool is it's gonna be one of my mum's friends and I'll have to tell them just call her fucking mobile there you go I'm not gonna pause the pod you're gonna hear it hello hello who's this alright how you doing uh no she's just out she's I'm not sure where she's gone you can try on her mobile yeah 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 exactly <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I think she's come to the shop. It's like a shop on town. So I gave her a call on my mobile. And, yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm good. Yeah, married life's good. <laughs> Nah, thank you. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him uh, for a while. Yeah, exactly. All right, no problem. Take care. Right, right. I told you. I told you they don't ask about a bloody married life. Could, could you not hear? Could you not hear that on the pods? I'm not sure if you could hear me talking. Um. I won't name drop who that was, but they have links to someone quite famous. Um, but my mum's friend. My mum's friend, and they know someone who you lot all know in the comedy industry. So, but um, anyway. What was I saying? Do you want to, she refused to call her mobile as well. So you can call her mobile phone. To, nah, nah, don't want to disturb her. It's like, what? We would disturb someone in their bloody house. <laughs> But, uh, so I was going to vote emotionally. Um, I was going to vote on just, you know, I, I don't like Boris. And I thought, let me do this policy thing. It took me 15, 20 minutes to do this questionnaire. Comes out, apparently, I liked 33% of, like, Lib Dems policies. 25 to 30% of Tories. And quarter Green Party. And then, like, 10%. Ready for this? Brexit party. I, do you know what? I don't know which policy I like because it doesn't tell me which ones I liked. But that is mad, isn't it? But I guess when they call Brexit party, you just think they're just about Brexit. Um, so they obviously have policies about other things. And it's like, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> well, I guess that's the thing, isn't it? And I guess that's something we have to battle with as humans. That if something is attached to something else, can you separate the two? No, we can separate the art from the artist, but can we separate one policy from the other set of policies? If there's nine out of ten policies you really like, but one that was horrible, would you vote for it? 
Yeah, like imagine this one's got okay, we're gonna give free healthcare, uh, free education, we're gonna scrap tuition fees, uh, four day working week, lower taxes. It's like, how are you gonna fund all this? We're, we're, we're going to kill puppies. What? Yeah. We're gonna sell puppies directly to countries that abuse animals. Now, if you like all those other nine policies, you're like, yeah, I like those nine policies. I'm voting for that. But then somebody who's not voting for that part goes, oi, you dog murderer. You puppy murdering bastard. It's like, no, but I'm just doing it for the free education. I've got, kid, I've got two kids who both going to university. I don't have to pay 18 grand a year to send them. No. You ate puppies. And that's, that's what this election was. But we'll see. We'll see. Let's hope we can all just learn. Um, Brexit's going to be done. Get Brexit done. So hopefully it gets done. Not that I desperately want it. I just want it over. I'm, I'm in a party of I just want it over with. So yeah, so voting for Lib Dem had nothing to do with Brexit for me. None of my vote is to do with Brexit. I don't care if we stay in, if we leave. I don't care what deal we even leave with. I actually don't care. Because on a selfish note, I will be fine. That that's it. On a selfish note, I'll be fine. Um, I'm not rich, but I make enough money to be fine, and um, so it doesn't really bother me on a personal level. But yeah, I, it's just boring, isn't it? So, but we're gonna go back to that for a little bit, chat about that, and then um, if we move on in life, and each. Whichever side you're on, you'll remix it in your head to make sure you're right. Now, if you're a Remainer and we leave, and then in five years' time, the economy is booming in the UK, you'll, you'll remix your memory and go, you know, like I, I always said we should have left. It's like, no, I remember you definitely saying you, you want to remain. Here's a picture of a Remain t-shirt on, Dave. It's like, yeah... But that was because that was under that one. Like, we didn't have a deal sorted then. But, you know, when we actually had a deal, I agreed with that deal. And I was like, yeah, we should leave under those circumstances. And that's, yeah. So I was right. I was always right. Because I'm never wrong. Because we're never wrong as humans. We're just never wrong. But um, what I would do is suggest, though, reading a book by Dave McCraney, You're Not So Smart. And it'll help you understand how we are as human beings. And um, how we're just not arseholes in general. I've got another book suggested to me that I need to read as well. So um, it's called The Righteous Mind. So I need to um, I need to read that. That basically shows you why we all have different political views and religions. Yeah, obviously we're all going to think we're good people. So that's what it is. Uh, what else has happened? Because I don't want to just bang on about the election. Um, I said I'm not upset, people. I don't think Northerners are thick and stupid. I don't think people voted of racist bigots. Um, I don't even think that Labour supporters are crybaby losers. I don't don't even think that. I just I just think we all just need to take a step back. Just you know, chill out. You know, just just relax. Stop the name calling. Yeah, that's what we need to do. Um, what else have I seen this week? Um, more casual news. I've seen John Barnes in a Ku Klux Klan robe from a fancy dress party. I don't know what this is now. Is this like some kind of? Um, is this as bad as a white guy in blackface? A black guy in in white hood. In. I mean, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Fancy dress. 
it wasn't even like it's one of those ones where the rest of the so it's an, oh sorry it's an old football of a Liverpool team in fancy dress in the eighties. Um, everyone else is dressed in fancy dress. Um, no one's dressed as anything racist, <laughs> or you know, no one's dressed like that. Just Barnes, just Johnny Barnes uh, decides to dress like that, and um, yeah, John Barnes. It kind of, you know, whatever he now says about when when he's wheeled out as the mouthpiece of for racism and the black voice, it kind of undermines him. Because to be fair, a lot of the time I agree with the things John Bald says. And there'd be like the odd sentence I'm like, okay, that's that's a bit of nonsense. Don't agree with that. Not so much. But there'd be a lot of things that he'll say, I'm like, oh, okay, that's fair enough. But, um, yeah, when the guy's worn a KKK outfit, that's going to be the first thing he has to address when he comes into an interview. I think it's Graeme Souness, who, or Bruce Grobler, actually, who said, yeah, there's a picture of us all dressed like that. And it sounds ridiculous, and then there it is online. Nuts. Um, so, is John Barnes cancelled? I think he was cancelled by a lot of black people before anyway. <laughs> but, I don't know. I don't know. What what else is going on? And it's almost Christmas. It's um it's Advent. I shocked someone at work by knowing it was Advent. Did you not know it was Advent? I knew this. That's that's the period before Christmas. You know the twelve days of Christmas? They start on Christmas Day. That's the the first day of Christmas is the twenty fifth of December. Yeah, that those are your twelve days of Christmas. Up until the fifth or sixth of January, I can't do the maths. So the period before Christmas is Advent, hence your Advent calendar. This isn't Christmas time. It's all your Christmas songs. It's a lot of hype. But it's it's Advent. If you're going by your, your, your Christian calendars and stuff. But um Yeah. Advent. Uh, we had Advent calendars at work, which was nice. Um you realise that people have no self control. I mean, I don't know how kids manage to have one chocolate a day because everyone was literally smashing through their chocolates. And obviously, because no one's at work on the weekends, um, Monday or Friday just becomes an absolute free-for-all. And anyone who wasn't in for a couple of days, their advent calendar has been absolutely ravaged. And I think that's what's going to happen to my advent calendar. I wasn't in for two days last week. My calendar's more or less hidden. I don't think anyone would find my calendar to eat it if it was left out they would they wouldn't have to control themselves but they're bastards but it's christmas time and um i noticed online homeless people become so visible at christmas it's nuts you notice this like we will walk past people all year round and christmas time is when we hit up the food shelters and you know we start thinking about them I think it's because um, psychologically, Jesus looked like a homeless person. So we make the link easier. So what if that homeless man is Jesus? And there's, oh, I should, I should offer him a sandwich. And he's, I don't want his sandwich, mate. Can I have some, can I have some change, please? Like, no, no. You're homeless. So you don't get the humanity to decide what you want. No. So that's always makes you laugh as well. And someone offers a homeless person like a sandwich or a drink and then they get mad because the homeless person says they don't want it. 
You know what I mean? No, no, friends, I don't want that sandwich. And it's like, what? How dare you? I spoke to you, you homeless piece of scum. How dare you have autonomy like a human being and decide you don't want something I'm giving you? I was here trying to make myself feel better by giving you something and now you take that away from me for shame, homeless man, for shame. <laughs> so, hey, if he doesn't want it, he doesn't want it. I'm not just going to buy him alcohol. I'm not going to give him money. You just spend it on alcohol. Let him. He's homeless. You know what I mean? Let him have alcohol. You can't decide do what you need, mate. You need you you need this sandwich. You need this sandwich. Uh, I ain't going to finish eating this cookie. I've eaten four of them already in this five pack. So you know the last one. You can have this, mate. Homeless guy's like, no, I don't, I don't want a cookie. I want a can of tenants. Nah, I can't give you that. Why? I'd have to spend extra money for that. My generosity is more to do with my convenience and to make me feel good. That's what it's about. You know? I see all that stuff. It's similar to like when I see people sit down next to a homeless person and talk to them. I think that's good. Um, if that's what the homeless person wants, if they want a conversation. Imagine being homeless. One of the bonuses, if you are antisocial, is like, no one's going to fucking talk to me. And you just get this person sitting next to you, like, oh, hi, what's your name? Hi. My name's Crescenda. Hi, I'm Crescenda. Um, wow, you're so homeless. What, what's your, how, how, how did you end up here? Oh, my God, this story is so tragic. And they start crying. Oh, my God, this is so bad. It's, it's like, I can't believe there's nowhere for you to stay. I mean, my father's manor house that has 18 bedrooms and 24 bathrooms <laughs> that only my father lives in and his Brazilian mistress. Oh, there's just no space. There's just no, oh, oh there's, there's nowhere for you to live. It's so sad for me. Oh, oh God, I'm going to go. I'm going to sleep in my third bedroom in the penthouse that my father bought me. And I'm going to cry so, so, so loudly. It's soundproof. It's, it's, it's soundproof. The third bedroom, so soundproof. <gasps> no one's gonna hear my tears. No one will hear my cries. I will think of you. I will. I will. I will think of you. Okay, Jeremy. Is it, Johnny? Yes. Yes. You are Johnny. You are Johnny. Ah. <laughs> I mean, ah. Like I said, obviously there are people doing stuff for homeless people out of their goodwill and actually making a difference. I'm not talking about you lot, see you nice. Know, just shut up. Um, what else going on in the world? Uh, in the world, Arsenal distance themselves from Meza Ozil's comments about China. So there's Muslims in China. China have got some mad human rights records, yeah, that people won't talk about because they have, like, commercial interests. Um... And that's what you got to be in life, man. you got to take your stand in life. What you got to be in life, man? You're going to be on the right side of history, man. So you need to be, man. Okay, because that's what it is. They've got some... They've got records on... Um, they're killing these Muslims in, in China called the Uyghurs. The Uyghurs. Um, they're getting killed. The mosque are getting burnt down. Quran's getting burnt. They're being forced to marry outside of their kind of ethnic group to cleanse them out. 
Um, how what other groups are there in China? The Fulongyang. Ah oh, man, I watched the whole play about it last year. And like having their organs harvested and stuff. Like these monks, they do like traditional Chinese kind of religion. But in China, they don't want any religion because they want China to be first. Yeah, that's it. They want China first. You know, like you know, like you got like Mother Russia. It's that kind of thing. America. It's like they want the person to feel their country first. So having a religion, that's gonna affect that. You know what I mean? If you're Chinese and you're not China first, what's going to happen when you meet a Muslim from a rival country and you're Muslim? You're going to be like, oh, you're my brother. They don't want that. And to be fair, a lot of countries don't want that. Especially when it comes to war. So, um, yeah, but Meza Ozil basically posted a comment, you know, expressing sorrow and solidarity with these Muslims who've been uh, killed in China. And Arsenal went, yo, those are his views, not ours. All right? Nah, not ours. Because they know they've got some million pound deal with someone. Like, what? Who have they got on their shirt? They ain't got any Chinese, direct Chinese sponsorships. But they will. Oh, they will. They don't. The chief execs there are going, listen, if China say we can't sell shirts in Shanghai? Beijing? Shenzhen? Listen, uh, distance yourself from that. Actually, do you know what? Make Meza apologise. They haven't made him do that. But the issue is, it's fine if you want to take an apolitical stance as a company. I understand that. It's not your job to do that. Um, you can take an apolitical stance as a human being. But it's when you choose to do that, and you didn't do that when, say, Hector Bellerin made a comment about the election then you're not actually apolitical. You're actually being very political and you're politically kind of co-signing whatever China's doing. If at, at worst, at best, you're saying money talks and our political views can be bought. No money's going to be lost. We'll have a, we'll, we're allowed an opinion on this. Oh, money's going to be lost. Oh, no, 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 no. We have, we have no opinion on that. That's that's the thing. So I don't know it's a bit, it's a bit shady. Um, I'm not going to dig out Arsenal for that. That's a corporate thing. It's not an Arsenal thing. That's a that's a corporate level thing. So, but it's a bit, it's a bit shit. It's a bit shit doing stuff like that. Right. What else has happened this week? Uh, Nick Cannon and Eminem rap beef. Guess what? Not interested. Let's move on to something else. <laughs> oh, I've never been so disinterested. Nick Cannon. And Eminem, like Eminem, I just got no interest in that guy. Oh, oh, Nick Cannon beefing. Um, the one thing I say about Eminem, he he um, he looks like someone who's transitioned with that beard. It's weird. He's the only guy I know who looks more feminine with a beard. He looks like uh, no, it actually, doesn't look like he's transitioned. He he looks like um. Like one of those Instagram comedians or those you know, comedies where the woman's dressed as the man, she's drawn a beard on. That's what Eminem looks like. Let's see what it's like. Because I can't say it looks like it's transitioned because there's... I was, uh, someone sent me this like picture of 10 guys who have transitioned from you know female to male. And I've got to say, 
seven of them wouldn't have a clue at all. Three of them, I would think that's a feminine-looking guy, but I guess I wouldn't know. And one of the dudes, I'd be like, listen, don't talk to my girl, innit? <laughs> this guy was a hunk. And, and I knew it, it rattled some women because they were commenting on the pictures going, no, I don't believe that one. That the way they reconciled it in their brain is, I don't fancy trans men, but this man I fancy, therefore, he's not a trans man. <laughs> but he was. He was. So cool. Right. Um, how long have we done on the podcast? So you had the phone call in between 32 minutes. We got to dear Deirdre, um, because I think this podcast has flown all right, actually. Um, it's not one of those I'm super tired. Been relaxed, been rested for a few days. So let's go to Dear Deirdre. And uh, we'll move on. Oh, Tottenham team announced for Wolves. Uh, Gezaniga, Aurier, Alderweireld, Sanchez, Vertonghen, Dias, Sissoka, Deli, Lucas, Sun, Kane. Who else is it going to be? All right. Um, oh, shout out to uh, Jamaica winning Miss World, Miss Universe. I don't know. Some beauty pageant. Um, yeah, she won. And the Nigerian... Runner-up was very happy for her. So that proves that Jamaicans and Nigerians get on. Hey, how about that? Let's all smile. But then a question could be asked. Would the Jamaican have acted the same if the roles were reversed? And let the war reconvene! Okay, so, dear Deirdre, my missus told me she doesn't want kids and our sex life has suffered ever since. All right. Let's see. Um, there, there I was in bed with my girlfriend about to have sex when she delivered the body blow that she doesn't want any more children. Well, that's sexy. I mean, you could discuss this over dinner, not when we're about to have sex. I mean, that is probably a good time to discuss, you know, your views on the outcome of sex, uh, before sex. True. But it's your girlfriend and I imagine you had sex before. So just in that sexy moment, you know, just as you're about to have sex, she goes, did you put the bins out? Why? Why are you talking about that now? Now. Anyway, ever since, I have suffered erection problems. Jeez. I'm 39 and I have a great career in the Merchant Navy. I was happy to play the field and enjoy all the travel of my job. But for the last couple of years, I felt keen to settle down and have a family. You soja wild oats. Um, a year ago, I met a lovely woman who is a bit older than me. Ah, see. Um, I, it was when I was home on leave. Um, it was Christmas Eve and everyone was hammered, but we chatted and and flirted and we clearly attracted one another we met a couple of days later in a calm and more sober environment to get to know each other better went out for dinner and back to her place uh she said she had kids but they were around but they were around at their dad's okay the sex was fantastic and we carried on seeing one another and making love as often as possible for the rest of my leave uh, we got on so well, I began to talk about plans for the future, settling down and having a family together. We were about to have a good bisex on my last morning at home when she dropped the bombshell. She didn't want to have any more children. It was um, it was like I'd been punched in the gut. I lost my erection, which went down like a punctured balloon. Uh, I, I saw... All right. Now, let's take a little break in this. Dude, she's got kids, and she has a right to not want any more kids. Even if she had no kids, she'd have a right to not want kids. But, I mean, to get involved with a woman who has kids and get upset that she doesn't want more kids. You know what I mean? 
and you're a guy who's not even about. You you literally your 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 thing is say you're not about. So you want her to have kids with another dude, and you're telling her I'm not going to be about because of my work. Brilliant. You sound like the ideal guy to have kids with. No. So do just pick a woman who wants kids. Like you don't even know her. when you said your girlfriend. I thought like you were years in, and she started with being very coy about wanting kids, and then now. You know, years in, she's now said, Asha, I don't want kids. That isn't what's happened. You've just been banging for a couple of weeks on your break. And she's my girlfriend. So, dude, just enjoy the bang and just move on. All right, that's it. Um, anyway, I saw her when I was home three months later, but sexually, it just wasn't working for me. Foreplay was fine, but I lost my erection and couldn't recover. It was almost a relief when we split up on good terms, but I'm dogged by erection problems now i've been on dating sites every chance i get and i and met a lovely girl two months ago she invited me around for a meal and to stay over but during dinner she made it clear she was in no rush to commit uh to having a family and the sex was disastrous it was i was so embarrassed i broke with her okay she broke up with her it's happened with another girl since i didn't see us going the distance but wanted to test out my reactions there's no way I'm going to be able to have a family and relationship like this. All right, dude, you've now, what you've done, your boner is now linked to wanting children. You need to psychologically de-link your boners. That's what it is. You've, um, that's, that's what it is. You, you, you're all too synced up. Yeah, yeah, that's, as a man, you meant to just, have sex and forget about the consequences. <laughs> but you, you're you're so invested in the consequences, and that is going to affect your performance. That's what it is. You're going to take the fun out of sex. Sex won't be fun, especially with someone you love and you like. So don't don't take the fun out of that by putting the weight on. It's just you're putting the weight on yourself as well, on your brain. Got to make a kid. 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 Uh, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, it become tiring. Become tiring. Become stressful, and uh, you'll lose your boner like you did. And then when you do actually settle down with someone that you really like, and it doesn't happen straight away, you're gonna be putting yourself under insane pressure. You're gonna put yourself under insane pressure, and it's gonna take the fun out of it, and the pressure is gonna get to you. Your your hormones gonna be all out of whack. Think about. I wonder how many people actually have a kid through planning their kid. Or how many people have a versus how many people have a kid through just like a drunken fumble. With with or, or not with their partner, whatever. But a drunken fumble. Just you know, you just had a good time. Both relaxed, had a good time, chilled out. And there's a wee. You know? I think that's what it is. Might be that with some people. Maybe some people's like sperm and egg are, are kind of like wired as like a badly behaved child. Now, if you give them the space to play, like, hey, hey, sperm, meet egg, they're like not interested. Not interested. Whereas if you're like, okay, listen, sperm, what if you do? If I forget to pull out, if you stay in there, do not talk to the egg. And the sperm's like, uh huh. All right, and then just goes, hey guys, listen. As soon as he goes in, 
we're coming out straight away. We won't even let him know we've come out. We're just gonna go there. Yeah, yeah, we'll go. We'll go in the pre-cup. We'll go. We'll go there, and we're gonna find the egg. And we're gonna impregnate it. Right, boys. Right. And there they go. Maybe that's how some people's uh, sperm's wired. <laughs> I'm a doctor. Let's uh, right. Next one. Uh, too kinky. I'm worried my friends with benefit wants us to do weird sexual stuff together. Dear Deirdre, I've agreed to be friends with benefits with a mate of mine. All right, this wasn't a disaster, but carry on. But I'm having doubts as he's highly sexual and into weird stuff. I am 20 years old girl and he's 23. I've known him for five years. So you're 15 and he was 18. Uh, okay, I guess it's not that sinister. Um, the... There's nobody special in either of our lives at the moment, so we suggested to start a no-strings relationship. We've discussed respect and boundaries, but he's got a much higher sex drive than me, so I worry we may not be compatible. He's told me some of the things he's done with other girlfriends, really kinky, and I don't think I'd be into that. Our first session will be next weekend, when I'm home from uni. I feel apprehensive. Will this work? No! No, it won't. Um... I'm no sex expert, but I know that if you go into sex, apprehensive doesn't tend to be fun uh, for anyone. I mean, if he's a sensitive person, he won't find it fun. I mean, if that's his thing, then it's going to get mad for everyone. Um, so, no. I'll, um, I think you just state before, look, I don't want to do any weird stuff. Um, you know, if I say I don't want to do something, you're going to listen to that, right? And he's like, yeah. And if you don't trust him, then don't do it. If you're feeling apprehensive, just please, please don't, don't do it. Because you don't want some crazy, he said, she said, he's, he said, she didn't say, you know, one of those situations where you're now sitting opposite each other in a courtroom. And you're now confused of what happened and what didn't happen. Ah, Jesus Christ, you don't want that. So no, please don't. Don't. Um, right, let's go. This one's fun. Christmas crisis. I don't want to buy presents for my brother's kids as they're horrible. Um, dear, dear G, it will cause ructions. Um, but I don't want to buy my brother's kids any presents for Christmas. They're horrible children with a horrible mother. My brother works with my dad. And lives two doors away. His wife has caused friction from the day they married. Bullying my brother and trying to bully the rest of us. She won't let the kids visit. It breaks mum's heart. She's always crying to me. I'm I'm a woman of 24. My brother's 28. And his wife is 30. Their sons are 8 and 6. They're cheeky and they swear at us all. Jeez, these kids sound like real arseholes. Uh, we've complained to my brother. But he says they won't listen to him anymore. Than their mother does. Uh, I don't want to buy them anything. I know it sounds mean of me. But they say disgusting things to us. What should I do? Yeah don't buy them anything. Don't. Don't. Don't buy them a thing. Fuck them. <laughs> let them know. And let them know why you haven't bought them something. Let's go. Do what? You're not nice children. You're rude. You don't behave nicely. You don't talk to me nicely. Your grandma nicely. Your dad nicely. 
I don't think you speak to your mum nicely. I don't even like your mum. I just, no. How about that? They'll, they don't cry. They'll be like, you're an asshole. So, um. Right, let's see. So, right, next one. Last one, and then I'm off. So I've been talking for 44 minutes, jeez. Um, I'm sex stress. I'm really, it's all about sex. Ugh. I'm really worried my wife thinks about other men while we're having sex. Yeah, but as long as she's not with other men. So what? <laughs> dear Deirdre, it was a turn on when my wife told me some details about her past sexual relationships. All right, I know what's happened here. She's not thinking of other men. You are. You're thinking about other men. And she's told you some story where it sounds all a bit mad. She smiled a bit too much during the story. And now you're thinking, geez, that sounds like madness. You know, like she said something that doesn't mean something that's sexual in her mind. But in your perverted porn watching head, it's something that's such a big deal that you can't get out of your head. Like you, you've, and I bet you answer the questions. And she said something like, oh, I got over this one guy. And, like, he was, you know, very big. Like, it hurt. So she said it hurt. She didn't like it. But in your pervert mind, it's like, his dick's bigger than mine. But she thinks about his massive wang. Let me read the rest of this story. I bet that's what's happened. Let's go. It was a turn on when my wife told me about details of some of her past sexual relationships. I asked her to tell me more when we were having sex together and it made me really aroused. You're weird. This is your thing. I noticed that my wife was extra satisfied too. But there's a dark side to the discovery. As I'm now paranoid about whether my wife was satisfied by me. Or by remembering the past. The brain. I also find that I've become more jealous of other men she talks to. And worried that she's going to cheat. I'm 38. My wife is 36. Uh, we've been married for five years. She has never shown any interest in other men and has, remi- has remained totally faithful to me. But I'm tormented now and it haunts me whenever we have sex. I sometimes even lose my erection. How can I fix this? See, I knew you'd mess yourself up. I don't know why people do stuff like that. You know, just like open up that. You've got to know your limits in life. And what You opened up that door for that madness. I've never sat there with... Actually, no, I've done it with exes maybe once. End up discussing, you know, just previous things. But I felt like we was on the way out as a relationship. So, and, um, yeah, guess what? Yeah, you're aroused because you're talking about sexual things. But then it will just stay in your head and rattle around. Like, in my head, it's like, oh, never do that again. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear his name. Because names conjure up images. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, what's his name? Oh, you know, his name was his name was Jamie. It's like, okay, that's a calm name. Yeah, but everyone called him Diesel. Just like, oh my God. <laughs> anyway, um, that is the end of the pod. I uh, think there'll be one, one more pod. One more pod in this country. And then the pod after that will be... In a different country. Oh. So we'll see. See if I can even upload that pod. Where I'm going to be. Be away from the internet. But next pod will be in the UK. That'll be the last one. That'll be the pre-Christmas pod. The other one will be post-Christmas. Because that's what happens. 
Uh, right, that's the end of the pod. I'm just waffling now. See you. Peace. Oh, before I go, um, get tickets to um, DMD's live podcast. That should be fun. Uh, I'll be there. I'll be hosting that. So if you do listen to the podcast, listen to DMD pod, then man there, uh, I will be there. So I'll be one of them man there. All right. So go to their website and stuff and go find the link and all that. Uh, yeah, go do that. All right, peace.